Hello and welcome to 25 Cents, a video game podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode we'll be talking about the games we've tried, other games we keep going back to, and what we think might be great games to check out if you've got kids. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.network. It's a little louder than I was intending it to be, but... Uh... I, I, I did not hear the theme song today. Oh. So. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to finish dancing. Okay. So that's, that explains why nobody else was dancing there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing the, oh, my ears dance. That's all I had. Uh, but. Yeah, that's a, that's a different one. So how how, how you been, Chris? Yeah, you had some kind of time time off. Time away, yeah. We uh, away. took a little camping trip up up northern Saskatchewan, which is, uh, yeah, beautiful forestry, wooded country. <laughs> And it happened to also coincide with the quite literally the hottest week of the year, if not the decade, I think. Um, so what's 30, 35 C in F else Fahrenheit is like 95 Fahrenheit, um, which is, yeah, just it's hot. And we're camping. It's a tent trailer we're in. No air conditioning. You just open the windows and hope for the best. Open the screens or whatever and hope for the best at night and kind of just lay there until your body stops generating heat and long enough to fall asleep. But uh, but it was good. Good to get away. It was. I tweeted yesterday that uh, I hadn't actually opened up my laptop at all over the course of a week, which I don't think has ever happened over the last three to five years. Even every holiday, something comes up and nothing. No, I don't. I don't work in an industry where it's so like intense of an emergency. It's just kind of like timing and scheduling is hard for everybody involved. And so sometimes I'm editing a podcast or whatever, even if we're on holidays and that's the benefits of working for yourself sometimes. Uh, but right. yeah, this was actually able to completely unplug, which is good because there's no internet, little to no internet connection anyways, even if I wanted to plug in. So um, yeah, but back, back at it, back in air conditioning, cooling off. And uh, yeah, how was, how's your, whatever, a couple of weeks been? Well, we had a we had a a longer holiday weekend here uh, for the fourth, but we didn't we didn't go anywhere. And yeah, the previous weekend we were just trying to stay cool. I think uh, I think I saw British Columbia had it worse mm-hmm. than Seattle generally in terms of temperature. You know, so it was it was a uh, hundred and two to one hundred and five here Fahrenheit, which is you know, uh, yeah, hot a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like forty C, yeah, give or take. Um, and and I saw it got hot in them some places. So yeah, we were we were dealing with that, and uh, yeah, it's uh, glad we had air conditioning. Although um, you know, a, a nice uh, cool breeze out camping wouldn't have been bad either. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've we've got some uh, some big news just dropped this morning. Should we should we dig into that? Yeah, I might as well jump right in. The new Nintendo Switch was announced, which has been long rumored. I think every every week there's it's almost been trending on Twitter that new Switch announced, new Switch announced, and I would. My my early quick reaction is that the announcement will not live up to the hype that people are hoping for with this. I don't think. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I I uh I would hesitate to call it a new new switch, right? This is this is it's a spec bump. It's more it's more like when um you know the the Apple laptops are just quietly mm-hmm. refreshed with a new chipset the next year and maybe like a slightly different build to order option. Um I think it's a it's a good upgrade. Um but it is definitely not the rumored Switch Pro, which does make me think, hey, maybe that's coming later. It does make me think that, uh, you know, the the rumors of the Switch Pro will be the new rumors of the Apple TV upgrade uh, for for some. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I think it's it's a it's it's a nice minor upgrade. Um, it's still the Tegra X1 system on a chip. Um, you can get a little more storage. It's got some enhancements to the dock. The built-in screen is bigger and now OLED, which is nice. Um, uh, it's got a little. It's a little more expensive, of course. It's got a built-in LAN port, which uh, in the dock, which is nice. I, you know, I have some weird third-party dongle uh, on my on my Switch setup. I'd be curious uh, with the, especially with the switch to the larger, better screen. If Nintendo has a bunch of data saying, "Hey, we actually have a ton of undocked mobile players," right? Like way more than the way um, you know the Wii was really about living room play. Um, they they know that that they're uh, a, a huge amount of their player base is is playing, you know, these full console quality games on a tiny screen while out on, on out and about that. I kind of wonder if that's what, what this is saying. And, and so this is a tide over until whatever the next thing is. Yeah. It's hard to know whether it's like, um, cause I was thinking about it with, if Apple was Nintendo, they probably would have announced the switch, the new one at the same price point as the old one bump this one down maybe or whatever is one scenario not that they haven't ever added new things on top or whatever to add, to get more money out of people. But, um, but yeah, it does feel like if you were if there's a Switch Pro on the horizon, maybe they're setting this up as like, okay, well the Switch Pro is going to be the the new Switch is like three forty nine now, as opposed to two ninety nine as, as far as list price. So maybe the Switch Pro they want to be able to say, well, it's three ninety nine or four fifty even or something. So like trying to get the right. value up there, but it does feel weird that like the Switch has been out for four years, whatever it is, four years basically, yeah, hasn't dropped in price ever, and rather than bump things down and make it more affordable for people they're just adding a higher tier model and uh and yeah like i like you said i think it's a good point that there must be more because for us i know for our family the mobile play like my one son often will grab it and use it in mobile play when they do fortnite together but he's never even though like my one son is playing on a 50 inch uh hdr tv whatever and he's playing on the 6.2 inch switch screen which to me seems like he's at a huge disadvantage relative to the bigger screen where you can see more easily he's never complained about the screen quality or or otherwise like he prefers the switch format and so for me like if i'm budget conscious i'm not thinking oh i need to get a new switch now because it would improve his life dramatically he's completely fine i mean obviously once he sees a friend with one and compares maybe <laughs> it'd be different but um but yeah like i think there must be tons of way more people using it in mobile play mode um, but like I said, I think last episode, I, my kids don't even think of it as a thing we, that we take out of the house. Like it's, and maybe we've cracked down on that too much as parents saying <laughs> the switch doesn't ever leave. Don't, don't carry the switch around, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not a, a mode that we, like they weren't even, I half joked about taking it camping and then it kind of got dropped as an even idea. Like nobody even really wanted to bring it or whatever. And so, um, and then, yeah, the, it feels like a little bit of like a, uh, funny upgrade I, I guess maybe just being in the apple world hearing a, a lot about dolby atmos and the um what is apple calling it whatever their their buzzword for spatial uh, audio. lossless audio or spatial audio spatial audio like the, right at, nintendo now follows up a month later with enhanced audio and it's just kind of like the most generic bland version of audio feature you could describe it with um nothing fun or exciting it's just kind of like we've improved the speakers a bit and now they you can put fancy logos on the marketing box or whatever. Right. So it feels a little bit funny that way. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't expect much more from a switch device anyways, but um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed, I guess, and, and won't be rushing out to order one. I'm assuming they still have lots of or limited stock availability of 
switch hardware anyways. And so they're not really worried about cutting, undercutting or cutting off price buying, people buying the, the 299 model. Um, it does seem like the 299 model isn't long for this world. If you're out there buying and for 50 bucks more, you get a much better screen, more storage. Right. That's going to cost you money anyways. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, this feels more like a, a replacement in the line, right? Like it, and and like you said, eventually the the um, the supply chain will trickle out, and the the older one will get cheaper, or you know, harder to find. And mm-hmm. and this will be the switch for going forward. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see us upgrading uh, for one. Like it's it's slightly better, but our switch is fine. We also you know only got it uh, what a year and a half ago, so we we got it kind of late into the switch period. Um, if you don't have a switch, it seems like you'd probably want to jump to this mm-hmm. level, especially if you think mobile is going to be your thing, you know, that the, the 50 extra dollars is going to be worth it for these small improvements. Um, but yeah, if you already have a switch, I'd be, unless, unless for some reason you decided your family needs a second one, Yeah, I can't imagine doing an in-place upgrade. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, I mean, you sell it, I guess, and buy a new one just because you have to have the latest, yeah. greatest, and stuff. But and it also, yeah. I noticed in the notes somewhere that it does not, they don't guarantee it's going to work with all the like Labo, uh, which is like the cardboard sort of build things around the switch because it is a bit bigger physically. And so they can't guarantee it'll work there. Um, and also, they say it's completely compatible with all games, but they also have a fine print of like things could change because it's a different screen. And so, uh, yeah, it's there's obviously just they're allowing for i guess just legally or whatever yeah some 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 game code somewhere makes some assumption about the nature of the screen and things break in weird ways for that game only yeah um yeah i i I mean i i i briefly thought about it but uh, as my wife said the the colors on the original switch are better right (laughs) (laughs) like the physical hardware of it you mean yeah the, the look of it yeah and you know we have it docked and sitting uh, under our TV in a, in a visible way, so you know that's part of the part of the living room decor that we have to um, yeah keep looking nice. Yeah, the other one, other uh, in console corner, the other game that we pulled out that I think is on Switch and multiple platforms uh, like PlayStation, etc., Steam is a silly game called Gang Beasts. Have you heard of this? No, I don't know this one at all. So I just, it was on Game Pass and I was like, oh, that looks funny. So I'll start downloading it. And then my kids, my son has his, uh, the Xbox app on his phone. And I've now found out that he gets a notification anytime I do anything on my, my Xbox account. So right away he's like, hey dad, what's Game Beast, Gang Beast or whatever. And then they had actually seen it in a Dude Perfect, which is a YouTube channel of guys throwing Frisbees through basketball hoops and stuff. Um, a sponsored video, I assume, of them playing gang beast and so my kids were really excited to try it i said no well okay we'll just try one game sunday night we just thought well we were back from camping everyone's kind of just decompressing try one game ended up playing it for like an hour and a half almost howling the whole time and it's just like a dumb if you ever played human fall flat it's similar kind of mechanics of a, a sort of wobbly blobby human guy that's or person character that's running around you can punch with one button punch with each hand or grab onto things and then lift them. Mm. And that's basically the mechanics of the game and jump as well. And so you're just kind of like, it's four, we have four characters playing and you're just trying to eliminate the other people basically in the most cartoony, violent way, I guess, uh, if there's no like actual guts flying or blood spurting or whatever. Um, And you're just kind of like these goofy characters trying to like on a train or on a wrestling ring or in a uh, scaffolding in a construction site or whatever. Mm. And um, it's, it's, like to look at it, I posted on Instagram some videos and stuff. To look at it, it looks like, why are you having fun with that? But it's one of those like couch co-op games or whatever that just is fun to play. There's no huge challenge. It's 
the 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 playing field is fairly level because it's really the mechanics of it are even so squishy that you can't really get super good at one technique or another because the characters kind of like wobble around as they run and so you're (laughs) right there's there's a lot of randomness that would overcome your attempt to develop skill yeah yeah it's not precise play at all and they the you can customize the characters costumes and stuff to look really silly there's sort of like a donald trump looking guy or a grandma or a wrestler guy or whatever and um yeah, and animals and things, and so, of course. Yeah. And so, and, and and you said there's co-op or no, or it's just it's w- just four, multi- four on four. Yeah, or you can do two or, versus two, and there's online oh, play okay. as well. So, which we didn't dabble in, but um, so oh. it looks looks. It's like I have no idea what it'll be on Switch or wherever. It was on Game Pass, so it, it's not a it's not a nice like no brainer to just try it out. Um, but if it's like a five dollar game or something on well maybe it's not on switch it seemed like it would be perfect i'm just looking steam playstation 4 xbox oculus humble store and skybound that's a physical store so yeah i guess not switch it seemed like it would be a perfect switch game and it's the graphics are very lo-fi like nothing amazing it's 10.99 yeah. Steam canadian so i i i i i wonder you know with with the previous discussion on the on the switch not upgrade you know maybe developers just don't want to deal with um supporting that you know, range of, of chip, even if it's a game that, you know, seems like, well, it, this, this probably can't overwhelm. Um, but, but also just generally, you know, developing for multiple consoles, unless your game engine supports it really easily for you out of the box is, yeah, can be pretty painful. I, I understand any, any kind of cross compilation work. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> I'm watching the steam promo video play and I'm, there's some techniques I'm realizing you can like jump and dive at people which i didn't we didn't ever figure out so anyways we'll have to try it. uh didn't you're learning some new moves yeah, already exactly i'm just not going to tell my kids so i can do it to them yeah exactly you have to take <laughs> at any advantage uh you know it you at at at, at our relative advanced age right? yeah. <laughs> as we as we talked before about how uh the the kids uh are faster yeah Hashtag dad gaming. Uh, and yeah. then one other note, just the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is now available officially, I think, on iOS devices and Windows PC browsers. It doesn't, uh, it's been available on Android and other platforms. Um, and I was just trying it before we started streaming, actually playing Celeste, which is a fun platformer game that mm. we die a lot. Heard of that. Um, and, but it, the controls, like they actually break out the games that are touch uh, mm. ready in once when you log in so you can see all the games that have touch controls built in which is handy uh but it's a horrible interface to like my thumb was over top of my character half the time and so at least for that kind of game anyways but you can pull up like sea of thieves like a modern game on your phone and play it um in wherever you happen to be as long as you have a decent internet connection it's still it was giving me an error on my which was like what uh fiber internet here that i have internet issues or whatever so I don't know if that's actually true or just somewhere along the path is slow internet. But yeah, maybe the, maybe the Wi-Fi to your to your phone was more the more the yeah. issue. Yeah. So now, do you have one of those little brackets so you can put your phone on your Xbox controller? No, and I don't. Basically, make it like a very heavy <laughs> mobile. Uh, I think I think I'll have to grab my. Console. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll find one for my my yellowy controller, and then I can actually. But no, it's <laughs> every attempt I've made to play like. Uh, xbox game on my phone just reminds me of like why i have a 50 inch tv downstairs i'll just go use that yeah (laughs) so yeah it's more what what context would you would you use that in um yeah the only other thing i i had in console corner i i just read um so kotaku the the video game news website has a new editor-in-chief 
Patricia Hernandez, uh, and she wrote a, a long kind of opinion piece called "Games Are Human Are and So Are We." And it's linked in the show notes. Um, but I just I really like kind of the the vibe of it, and it goes along a lot about what we talk about on the show about these sort of artful game experiences, right? Um, and uh, there, there's one one quote from her that I thought was really good, which is. Um, uh, games are worlds under their own, often developing not only customs, traditions, and dedicated languages, but also their own vectors of power and influence. Um, and that's certainly something I've experienced. Like back when I was heavily into World of Warcraft, you know, there was this whole culture around the game, and even multiple subcultures within that that culture of of how you know different players played a, a game together. So just interesting to see that highlighted in the in the games journalism circuit, uh, which mm-hmm. I thought was cool. Yeah. Interesting. I'll, to, I'll bookmark that for reading, reading later for sure. It's, I love the um, any any opportunity to sort of push against the the common narrative. I don't know if it still feels common amongst your peers, but just that video games are a bit of a waste of time. They're for kids. They're you know all that that kind of language that right. whatever kind of game you like, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of like something you used to do or whatever at best. And so, um, but yeah, definitely I. When I compare, like even with my kids, what some of the the movies we experience or books even that we read and the, the video games we experience, it's it's an art, it's a world creation. It's yeah, I feel like there's, I mean, there's certainly an element of of turning off your brain and just consuming sometimes with video games, but um, yeah, overwhelmingly fun, positive, creative experiences. I think so. Um, yeah. Anyways, moving on. Apple Corner. Um, What's up? Yeah. So uh, not a lot uh, coming out that jumped out at me on Apple Arcade. Um, as, as I think I mentioned last episode, I did uh, Game Dev Story Plus came out, and I actually I grabbed it uh, and installed it. So I think I actually have the the previous uh, game on some device, or maybe I didn't install it on this phone, uh, but started over. And you know, it's it's the it's that you know formulaic sim, right? Like you you figure out the right combination of choices and apply some bonuses, and then that earns you money, which lets you unlock new upgrades and new workers, and and then you can you, know, you just kind of keep leveling up. It's just that that flywheel. Um, you know, it's relaxing, it's enjoyable. I I played a fair bit of it um, the the week before last, and uh, you know was making progress, making up silly silly video games. I fantasy rpg turned out to be the sweet spot where i seem to make the most uh the most money on uh on on the on the fake pretend consoles in the game uh, <laughs> and that is the goal of the game like it's there's no um deeper message beyond like trying to get rich with games. yeah you're you're just trying to be the best the best video game company i i think you're at least the the one of the big goal is to win the game of the year which i haven't oh, done yet and and i think requires getting like all tens from all the critics as well as sales above a certain threshold and some, some stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's got this kind of, uh, pixel art style. So it kind of looks like maybe a game boy color era game, like, like maybe one of the older Pokemon games or something, the way the menus are laid out and stuff. Um, so it, yeah, it, like I said, played it before. Um, and it's you know, free for me to, to play it again. And as I think I, I heard, uh, that we talked about a few episodes back, you know, if you want to support the developer of one of these plus reissued games under arcade, but you already have the old game, playing it under arcade is good for them somehow. So, right. so noting that here, it, there, there's a there's an advantage to the developer to uh, 
to get that whatever their share of of that subscription revenue is yeah that's our um yeah the 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 pennies that they make each time you play or something if it, it would be fascinating to hear how that compares with the advertising revenue they make off junk ads in the regular game i'm just noticing your next one was solitary stories i happen to be looking at um the apple arcade store or whatever you call it on on my iphone and the top arcade games right now in the apple app store are, are solitaire a different one and then solitaire stories and then nba 2k 21 <laughs> just like this weird it's i was thinking like solitaire stories seems like the perfect game gateway game for a lot of like especially boomer type but even anybody who likes more relaxing games like it's a mm-hmm. everyone loves a good solitaire game mm-hmm. uh, and and that's an easy one to like explain or link to someone like i could see linking to my dad to it or whatever and saying hey you're looking for a good solitaire game here's one and you just have to subscribe to the service or whatever and he'd probably do it without having to worry about all the other games that are there but um what's solitaire stories like i haven't seen that one yet yeah so um it it's solitaire uh as far as i can tell there's only um well what most people call solitaire solitaire which is klondike rules right so the the seven uh, seven stacks, uh, trying to build up ace to king on four foundations uh, while flipping through the deck. Um, the story element is so there's quick play where you are just dropping in and playing rounds of solitaire the the, the usual way. Um, the story mode is that there's kind of um, these little vignettes um, where each round of solitaire you're playing like ad- kind of advances the story a little bit. Like the first the first story is you finding every every free moment at the office to play solitaire <laughs> which is kind of the classic you know windows 3.1 yeah. <laughs> solitaire uh use case right you you hide it behind your spreadsheet or whatever you're either solitaire um, or minesweeper depending on yeah <laughs> which yeah exactly um yeah so the the vignettes are, are mildly interesting i would not say it's really a story um I, I haven't gotten very far into it so it it hasn't grabbed me in that way and you know i think of like the old solitaire mobile game that i've had for years on my phone which i think is still supported um you know that has like 40 different solitaire rule sets you know spider and and all these other things right um yukon demon you know there's many many different rules for for playing solitaire with a standard deck of cards and uh, this one just has the one so i don't think this is going to be the place where I play solitaire. Maybe I'll play through the story mode, but but yeah, for quick play, I would go to another another game. I think um, the graphics are kind of interesting. A couple of the deck designs, um, I actually found it a little harder to read. Hmm. Um, you know, and cer- certainly I can see how you you know it could be fun to unlock these different decks to play with, but yeah, I definitely settle in on the one that I I like the look of the most. Um. Uh, the other thing too, and and this is you know I don't know you could we could rehash the like the the Dark Souls type gaming argument of of games should be hard to play right, uh, but in the in the context of solitaire, I always grew up playing three card flip, which is you know you 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 have to think strategically. Okay, right. if I take this card out lower in my deck, when I sh- when I flip over, it's going to change the order of the rest of the deck, and I'm going to get access to different cards. And I've always thought that. Or I, I was always thinking of that as what what Klondike is, what Solitaire is. Um, but a lot of the digital versions uh, either start out or allow you to switch to the single card flip, which means you're guaranteed to see every card in the deck, and it's a much easier game. Um, so I feel like I have that. I had a little bit of that like purist reaction or whatever, where it's like, wait, this is this is the easy mode. This isn't how you're supposed to play this game. Uh, so I had to I had to knock some sense into myself there. Um, 
<laughs> and certainly the the single card flip is is much more enjoyable for someone like my son and he he's played a little bit of it um he i taught him in person like physical solitaire with a deck of cards several months ago um but yeah and i think there's some there's some interesting games that are coming up soon um many of them in the sort of plus or sequel area which is interesting it, you know kind of maybe tells us a little bit about where apple sees the sort of risk trade-off you know they they want they want that um they want that uh, library of predictable games you know people will come in see arcade and say like oh here's a bunch of games that i already know and love or, or games like ones i know and love yeah with recognizable brands yeah definitely and that's uh i mean it's following like the movie world of you know sequels are less expensive to make and much more easy to market because you have to yes. convince someone of the characters or whatever and why they just pump out sequel after sequel in various worlds of movies and <laughs> fast and the furious nine for example or whatever um, yeah the the one actually one another game i tried over while we were camping um i just picked it up i think i downloaded it before we left because it would have taken an hour to download but <laughs> on the cellular service we had there but it was leo's fortune which is like i was just i was looking back it's actually from 2014 it's when it won the worldwide developer conference uh, apple design awards for it so it's a, quite an older game seven years now but um if you've never played it, it's just like kind of like a platformer but the character slides along and and you can kind of jump is basically your only option and uh, manipulate the world that way and the puzzles and stuff and and sort of the platform uh that world that they have created for it is interesting enough i guess to me that it's and and fun enough to play on a like even on an iphone mm -hmm. style screen size screen um that it, i wasn't feeling like i needed to wait to wait for like an ipad or, or even apple tv to play this um and it's nice colorful kind of world that you're in um i don't know did you ever play this back in the day at all no you know i saw this one coming and i don't even remember hearing about it then so i i don't know i mean it's it's let's see that would have been right shortly after my son was born. So I was certainly doing my fair share of <laughs> yeah. mobile gaming while holding an upset uh, baby uh, at yeah. various points in there. But yeah, I, I miss this one. Um, so yeah, I'll probably I'll probably try it out. Uh, this seems like one that might be good on the on the Apple TV. It would, yeah, and definitely like you could. I could see like your son playing it while you're you know working on the side or whatever, and sort of helping him with some puzzles maybe or whatever that he gets stuck on. Mm -hmm. But. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very fun kind of platformer and and easy to play. Like the puzzles, at least I think I played through three or four or five levels, and nothing too difficult as far as how to figure out. But there's a few times where you're kind of like just the physics. You have to work out what exactly where you should land to push a thing up and or set off a bumper or whatever. And um, yeah, so it's been it's a fun little one to pick up. And again, one of those things where Apple Arcade is great because you um, you just could get. I would I like you. I never tried this game out. I don't really remember the the icon for it is like a fuzzy ball looking mustache guy. He's got yeah, he's got like a big gray mustache, right? Or yeah, like a prospector mustache or something with big eyes and kind of it looks like it doesn't look like the game is what it is. I guess maybe. And so just to recommend it to folks as a fun little platformer mm. to pull up if you've got Arcade already. So yeah, I'll have to check that one out before our next episode. So uh, kind of thinking of that of these these older games. You know now that ios as a platform for apps and games has been around for over 10 years uh are there any old games that you'd like to see get the the plus treatment and and maybe in particular mm -hmm. a, a game that you know is no longer available because the uh as as the platform has marched on um you know if a developer isn't actively updating a game it just it uh it won't work 
Yeah, that's where I think, like, I was actually thinking of um, one of the first games I really got into was, I think it was called Test Flight or Flight. It was like you had to guide planes to the... <laughs> it- <laughs> It's funny. That is literally exactly the one I was thinking oh, really? of when I when I prompted this question. Flight control. Flight control. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was. Um, my wife was talking about it the other day about like, oh, that was a really great game, and you can't you can't get it anywhere anymore. Um, I think it was, I think it was an iPad launch game. So when the original iPad came out, it was like one of the first games for iPad. And yeah, I played a ton of that. I would love to see that one come back as a plus game. Yeah, they. I was just looking at Wikipedia here. Fireman was the developer. I remember. The, I can totally picture the branding yep. on it, load, loading or whatever. And it was released in two thousand nine, and sold over three point eight million copies. So they made their money for sure. And then it was removed from the store uh, in twenty fifteen. Although it remains for sale on Android, according to Wikipedia. So whether that's been updated or not, who knows? But um, yeah, that would be um, definitely. I guess. Oh, they they got bought by EA Electronic Arts. So probably never going to happen. <laughs> I mean there there've been no, some EA yeah. games in arcade, right? Like the, yeah. I mean I think, that NBA one, right? But I was th- I was thinking like in terms of the plus stuff that where they reissue old games, Apple's oh. seeming to gone to like indie developers and said, "Hey, yes. what about your game that we could, you know, repackage and and resell or whatever as part of this?" And so this seems like less likely to go that route, but never you never know. So maybe just by us recording a podcast, we'll speak it into existence. Yes, let's uh, <laughs> let's speak the words into into action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would definitely be the the big one. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that I played like a ton of. I I know the very first iOS game that I purchased was Trism, and that's still supported. The developer has has put out like <laughs> tiny little patches to keep it alive over the years. Uh, I'm trying to think what you know another another game that I like sank a lot of time into that's not available anymore, but but nothing else comes to mind other than other than flight control. All right, so uh, moving on, do you you have some? Uh, we we played a little bit in tabletop corner. We played a little bit on the uh, my kids. Like I think I said just last episode, we got um, the exploding kittens, and so that mm-hmm. was played a bit even at the beach. It's like I I was kind of nervous like card games at, at a beach where the wind blows and the game cards go flying and <laughs> uh, but managed to hold off the wind and they played okay and and even at the campsite played some carcassonne on a wobbly picnic table, which is always kind of fun <laughs> trying to make sure the pieces stay lined up with kids. It's Tough enough with kids at the best of times, but then, yeah, a wobbly, uneven kip, kip, uh, picnic table. Um, so that's what we kind of pulled out those ones. And then, um, oh, there's one other one, Queen. Uh, it's uh, Sleeping Queens. We have that one. That's not the one I was going to say that one, but it's not what we played. The one where you, um, yeah, I'll, I know my wife <laughs> and my son played the the Desert Sky one. No, the, <laughs> I'm trying, my brain is not functioning yet. <laughs> The one where you're like trying to stave off, uh, you have to have enough water and you're... Oh, Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert. Forbidden Desert, that's the one. Um, Which always is like, it's it's a tense game to watch my... Yes. My family play. I, I, for whatever reason, I don't always end up playing it, but um, yeah, it's like these tense negotiations about what everyone should be doing and and one of my kids likes to try to control the game (laughs) or teaching him about, uh, you know... Letting others make mistakes sometimes to learn. Um, how about you? What uh, what have you been playing? Yeah, uh, just a few you know recurring ones. Uh, we Flinch is a, is a good one. That was one that I had grown up playing a lot of. So it's a yeah, it's not a standard card deck game, but it's a it's a pretty old game. I think it's from the early 1900s, um, where you're just trying to build up stacks from one to fifteen. Um, and and we have a set now as well. Um, and then uh, Villainous. So 
yeah, that's the that's the Disney one. I think there's also a Marvel villainess, uh, as well as a couple of expansions that add additional villains. Um, I I really like that one, uh, and it it works pretty well with two players. So like, if just my son and I are playing, um, that's that's one where you know he's still learning some of the strategy parts of it. Like, mm. oh, how do I actually use all my actions on the turn in the best possible way? But um, it's still fun to play, and the the art is cool. And then, yeah, Cloud City, which uh, was a newer acquisition, um, I think I mentioned a couple episodes ago, where you're you're just kind of building up a, a city and scoring points for your your buildings and sky bridges, and that that's a fun one too, and pretty quick. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of our our loop. Uh, certainly one one of many ways we're staying in we were staying inside and staying cool was with was with some games on the uh, on the first floor where it's a little darker and cooler. <laughs> It's, it's just a, such a weird world we're in right now with like we especially up here but i'm sure even there too like where winter is when you normally you'd play board games and stuff because it's too cold to go outside and do stuff but now with this heat it's like we can't go outside so let's hide in the basement and play board games yeah I was, i'm curious what do you have a this is maybe a bigger question than we can answer in two minutes or less but like the do you have a strategy uh as far as budgeting for board games because like i just see all these three games you listed right now all are games that i would like that would be great to play and we should buy them and then think of like the stack of games that we have already and trying to like balance which game do you buy how much do you spend per month or per year on board games or is it kind of like like i do a lot of that with video games where i like that i think about the value and the worth of it but board games i tend to just kind of buy on a whim and don't it doesn't sort of enter that same <laughs> budget line on my yeah i think the the riskier category is the board game kickstarters which i both hear right. about a lot about because of like who i talk to and who i follow and because that's most of what I've backed on Kickstarter, that's what all the recommendation engine gives me is like, <laughs> here's another new, you know, board game or RPG. Um, so that's probably the trickier one because you kind of don't know what you're going to get. And it's like, um, well, and also if you've ever kickstarted one thing, that game maker will like email you for their next Kickstarter. Yeah. You know, so you, so you, I keep getting these notifications like, Hey, our next game is going to be on Kickstarter. Right. So I think that's the trickier one because it's, it's more unknown. And I mean, if you, if you want to, you can choose to drop a lot on, on yeah. the Kickstarter reward levels, um, beyond just the physical game copy. I would say our biggest way of doing it is trying very hard to try games first at the, um, the game store up the hill. Mm. Um, unfortunately that has not been possible for the last year and a half. Yeah. I think <laughs> I know I saw one of the other game stores just opened up their in-person game library. Um, I don't think the one near us has yet, but the county restrictions are such that they could if they are willing to. Um, and and that's where that's where we would try the game first before we buy. Um, honestly, probably our, our best limitation is the fact that our, our IKEA Calyx for games is nearly full. And so we're <laughs> kind of at the if one comes in, one needs to go. And right. so if we don't have in mind one that we'd be willing to retire or part with or pass on to family or goodwill or whatever, then we're, we're going to think long and hard before acquiring a new game. <laughs> that's a good approach to it. Yeah. That's, I think having expanded now to a slightly bigger house and more storage space as a result, obviously probably is, is not working in our favor in that, that area where the, yes the, the games that can be the, dangerous in the basement kind of just pile up and then we have a few that we keep upstairs on the main floor where that we're actually actively playing and kind of forget about the ones that pile up in the basement but yeah i, I would say it's been the during during the pandemic the the lego budget has been the more yeah. uh, challenging <laughs> to manage one uh, again another good in indoor family activity where you don't really want to risk going anywhere 
Yeah, exactly. That's my kids just recently went through some birthday money and are ordering Lego. I'm supposed to order some from Lego.com that we can't get anymore. And my oldest is trying to collect Harry Potter sets that aren't aren't around as easily here. So that's definitely on the mind on the on our mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yes. So fun times. Um all right. Well, anything else we need to cover before we wrap up this time? I think we're No, I don't think so. Uh some some interesting news and and you know as always uh let us know what games you've been playing yeah curious what's uh board games especially or video games too in the summer here whatever you're pulling out what's i mean yeah the, the like what do you take camping or anything do you to bring the the whole settlers of Catan and risk losing the pieces in the dirt or do you just bring a travel version of games and then and relegate them to a very locked container and hermetically sealed <laughs> tents that you <laughs> allow games in or whatever uh i'm curious how you how you game in the summer anyways and uh, outdoors and stuff as you try yeah, out, outdoor gaming that's yeah. a good one so uh, maybe we'll try and think of cover some of that in the future episodes here too this summer but um yeah in the meantime thank you for listening to 25 cents our video game podcast you can find me on twitter again now at i chris and you can find me on twitter and most everywhere else as ultra nerd that's n-u-r-d and you can find 25 cents wherever you listen to podcasts be sure to check out uh, the good stuff patreon patreon.com slash good stuff join us in the discord where we're chatting about games and and other fun stuff and then like we said before there's uh the good stuff morning show is back two times a week they're publishing new episodes uh, much to my son's delight these so i it's a weird show where like i know there's other people who listen but it's my son 14 year old now son loves it he's howling listening to the show even while like he he asked to to um hotspot while we we're driving back from camping because there, he knew there was a new episode that he hadn't listened to yet um and so he's putting me as creator of good stuff to shame with his enthusiasm for good stuff shows um <laughs> and uh yeah so definitely check that out and then the other one actually that is i just wanted to make sure it's actually working because i tested it yesterday but um i'm pretty sure it's there's click and flick which is another a new podcast coming to good stuff that is uh the trailer is out and uh basically video games and movies they take a one video game and one movie review it uh two friends talking through video games and movies and so good crossover episode maybe down the road for 25 cent fans um but uh i think new up ep- the first episode is coming out this month here for sure but the trailer's there goodstuff.network slash click and flick and of course wherever you find podcasts you can find it click and flick flick <laughs> if you search for that yeah i'm 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 looking forward to that one uh i'll be curious to see what they cover on the show and just in the interest of family friendliness uh less <laughs> slightly less so in terms of language you know flowing a little more freely that way um nick and i haven't had opportunity to get so angry or so enthused <laughs> i guess that we've dropped some f-bombs or whatever <laughs> my son was actually asking he doesn't subscribe yet to this show he's like should i listen to that dad is it is it is it okay or whatever is it good and i was like i don't know if it's good because i'm on it but <laughs> it's definitely safe to listen to <laughs> That's well, it, uh, but my, my seven-year-old uh, will sometimes request to listen to our latest episode uh, at bath time. So, oh, nice. <laughs> well, have a fun bath if you're out there listening right now, whenever this is in the future. <laughs> don't forget the bubbles. Yeah. And don't forget to let your dad win sometimes. So, all right. On that note, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>